welcome to another episode of the Draw Today podcast, where we encourage you to draw every day. On today's very special episode, we would like to present an interview with painter-illustrator Peter Maselja, the artist behind the artwork of The Legend of Steel Bashaw. Today we have a very special guest with us, uh, Peter Maselja, from a painter from uh, the Netherlands, originally from Serbia. Uh, and I'm Mark Harchar. You can see my stuff at markharchar.com. We also have Aaron Miller. That's uh, AaronBMiller.com. And I have a question for you. How do you exactly do you pronounce your name because everyone that I ever speak to murders it when we try to pronounce it. Meselgia. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it took my wife about one year uh, to pronounce it correctly, so many people have problems. <laughs> so Meselgia, and my, uh, my first name is Petar. So you can call me Peter, no problem. Petar okay. Meselgia. Peter, if you, you can... Uh, Give the listeners uh, some place where they can see your work or get in touch with you or uh, whatever you'd like to let them know. Uh, yes, of course. Yes, people can see my work on my website, uh, petermeselgiaart.com, uh, or uh, uh, go to, to my, my blog, which they can access also through my website. So. Everything is going through my website. We'll post and, links. Um, yeah, we'll on put Drive links today. there, so we don't have to worry about spelling it out for everybody. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. <laughs> uh, you, you are not sitting in the same room, I guess. Huh? No, no, I'm in Chicago. Uh, you're in Chicago, and you, Mark? I'm in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Aha. Uh-huh. Hi. Chicago and Pennsylvania, and Kochen Design in the Netherlands. <laughs> so when you when you left Serbia to go to the Netherlands, did you need to learn a new language to be able to speak with the local inhabitants? Yeah, yeah uh, fortunately, actually, uh, almost all Dutch people speak English language, and uh, beside English, they speak another two, three, four, five languages. Uh, so. It's, it's quite easy to communicate with Dutch people. When I came here, I only could speak a little bit English because I learned English at school, but, you know, didn't learn it very well. So I could, could say uh, some basic things, ask for food and water and shelter, you know, and that was, that was it, you know. So uh, for me, it was from the very beginning more easy to learn First English, you know, to 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 uh, uh, you know to to make it better. And after about two years, I started to learn Dutch. Okay. So I let's call it I perfected my English, and after that, when I felt uh, 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 confident enough, I started to learn Dutch. So now I speak both languages, plus Serbian. What? That's the that's the foundation. <laughs> Three languages, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's definitely two more than I can speak. Probably uh, two, and a, two and a half. 
Yeah, but, now, but that, that's actually the, the consequence of integration. You know, when you assimilate, then you, 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 you have to speak only one language. <laughs> so we were talking a little bit about uh, your history, your, your early move. And uh, the, the first time that I met you was at a LuxCon. And uh, I think you had mentioned that that was one of your first ventures to the United States for an art show. Is that correct? Uh, no, uh, I actually I exhibited my work for the first time in the States in 2001 during the uh, science fiction, World Science Fiction Convention in uh, Philadelphia, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, this was then, yes, yeah, second time I, ex I participated uh, at the first Spectrum exhibition in New York in the Society of Illustrators. Uh, and this was the third time, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I do recall that you were, you had mentioned that you were a bit surprised at how well received your art had been uh, yeah. by the American population. Was Why, why exactly was that? Did, did, do you. I mean, with the with the internet and people being able to see your images, did did you just think you didn't have the exposure that you actually did, or was there some other reason? Actually, uh, I didn't know that so many people knew my work and followed my work. I just didn't know. I thought that apart from a you know limited number of people who saw my work in Spectrum annuals, that there are not so many people, you know, out there who uh, first of all know my work, second of uh, appreciate it. Uh, and I was really uh, overwhelmed with uh, response during the Iluxcon. And it uh, almost shocked me. I actually didn't realize uh, that my work was quite known in the States within the, you know, uh, fantasy uh, illustration art field. You had so, mentioned about pe you expecting people to see your work in Spectrum. Wh when was the first time that you actually submitted to Spectrum? I submitted first the first time in 1997. It was uh, Spectrum Annual Number Four. Wow! And uh, so it's quite a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a senior Spectrum participant. And I'm I'm going to assume that you were accepted on the first try. <laughs> Yes, and I even got an award. <laughs> wow. A silver award. Yeah, Phil Hale got uh, rightfully a uh, golden award, and I got a silver award for a painting of a dragon, noble dragon. Well, I do have to say that's a good way to start off. It's a very good way, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I was very surprised. I, uh, I, I submitted, I believe, three... Uh, or five, I don't remember anymore, uh, images, and they accepted three, and one of these three got awards, so it was a pretty good start. I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know the first place that I saw your work was Spectrum, and I was pleasantly surprised when you were setting up your Aluxcon table next to mine. Uh, that was that was a pleasure meeting you in person, and uh to being able to get to see your work in person was also uh, an awesome experience for me. How did how did you enjoy Aluxcon? 
It was great. It was really great. It was one of the best events uh, I attended for years, really. It was, first of all, because of the uh, huge uh, and, and very positive response from the public and colleagues, especially the colleagues were quite impressed. Uh, and I was also impressed that they were impressed because, once again, I didn't expect that. Um, and uh, it was it was really great. It was really great. Although I stayed only for uh, two days, one day, one day, two uh, two days actually, two nights I think, uh, because I couldn't get uh, uh, the the you know the the table uh, in the main uh, show. I, I was too late, and I was even too late for for a table in uh, within the showcase event. But the organizers uh, of the event, Pat Wilshire, Pat and Jenny Wilshire, they offered me their own table because they spared a table for themselves. So they offered me that table and uh, that's why I was able to uh, to exhibit my work there. Well, that's great. So I, I was lucky. I was just lucky. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there was a moment that I looked over at your table and there wasn't at least two dozen people standing around. I was actually... I was uh, uh, for a few hours just being busy signing the book and talking to people. So I didn't see much of that, uh, you know. I saw only an, an, a row, you know, people standing in front of the table waiting to buy a book. And that was the and Steel Basha book? The Steel Basha book, yes. That's actually the... Uh, we had... Uh, only 50 uh, copies of Steel Bashaw book, and I brought, uh, I think, five copies of the Serbian edition of Steel Bashaw, and we had a few uh, portfolio, samples of, of my portfolio, and everything was sold out within one and a half hours. Excellent. Yeah, I believe it. I had to, I had to get my book online later. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Uh, Aaron, Mark told me that, that actually we met also during Iluxcon? Well, like you said, there's a lot of people. Um, I, I was at a different section of Iluxcon, so I I didn't really get a chance to hang out as much either. Um, and I was too shy, really, to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why you were too shy? I, well, you know, sometimes they say, don't, don't meet the people, your heroes... The yeah. people that you really, because sometimes they're not always, uh, they don't always end up being the people you think that they are. So I always get nervous about that. Yeah. So I was just nervous and scared. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sure that that happens to you. I'm sure that there was a few artists there that maybe you felt the same way about. Yeah, definitely. But uh, actually, I don't know. Uh, uh, um, I mean, I understand. I understand you but uh, i think i would uh, anyway try i would always try to to get in contact uh with uh, with with you know uh, an uh, idol artist idol of mine and uh, uh, uh yeah see i'm not sure cuz oh. i i spoke to everybody <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Aaron, Aaron, but it means that you uh, you you participated within the main show. No, no, no. I was no? Um, I was in the showcase, uh, just a, at the other side of the room. Ah, so, I understand. So, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Okay, 
But did he, we did did we speak? Uh, did we have a conversation? A conversation? I, I think I tried, but like like Mark said, there was always a million people kind of around your table. I I don't think I got a chance to get in there. But you did contact him via email after that. Yeah, we you? we. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I have your your palette on my blog, yeah. and I hope that uh, inspired you to do your next the post you did after that where you yeah that's your- right exactly yeah yeah that's well, great. right that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah I, I use uh, uh, any opportunity you know to inspire myself uh, uh, to uh, to write new and interesting uh, uh, you know blogs of uh, posts so this this was very interesting idea oh good yeah guys I think- can I can, sorry excuse me can I uh, can I ask you how, how old you are both i am I'm 37 i'm 37 as well 37 yes uh, you, you you are not young anymore guys no <laughs> thank, thank you thank you for noticing <laughs> no no i thought i thought you are you are you are younger <laughs> no just joking just joking 37 that's great great uh, age 25 25 was better <laughs> yeah really yeah I, I would never I you know I would I don't think I I would uh, wish to go back in time and, and be once again uh, a, a, a person I was when I was 25 years old it was great uh, I really had a great childhood and a great youth you know that time was really the best time of my life but uh, it, it was not easy uh, being uh, you know, Peter Meselgia, when I was 25 years, 20, 25 years old, it was, uh, it was not easy. And that's why I, I don't, don't, you know, I wouldn't well, go back in time. Well, 25 for me, I, I felt that I had become an adult at that point. I didn't feel like I was making the same kind of uh, immature mistakes I was making as a, as a uh, younger person before that. And I felt like I was at the top of my physical conditioning. Um, yeah. And I had the most amount of energy that I remember having. Uh, after that, it kind of went downhill. So. Really? <laughs> well, I was, I was 26 when I left uh, Yugoslavia and uh, I came here to Holland. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I remember losing... Losing my energy uh, and my vitality uh, just when I thir- uh, th- turned 30. When I was somewhere around my uh, thir- 32, when I was 32, I noticed that uh, physically uh, uh, not anymore fit. You're an old man now? <laughs> I, I feel quite old, yeah. <laughs> I feel, on one hand, I feel quite old. On the other hand, I still have that child within me. Uh, uh, which is that is quite uh, you know alive, and uh, that makes uh, that keeps me vital, actually. But physically, I feel at least 140 years old. <laughs> really, that's pretty really. funny. Because actually, the main reason there are two reasons. Uh, the first one is uh, you know I have worked very hard for the last 20 years. And uh, uh, it's I had you know I have to pay the price 
And the second reason is that uh, I guess I miss a little, you know, optimism. I, I'm not optimistic enough. And I doubt a lot about myself and my my uh, my abilities. You know, I question very often things I do uh, and quality of my work. And today I'm satisfied. Tomorrow I'm questioning it again. And it's not not that easy to you know to carry myself on my own shoulders. And that's why I feel t- t- uh, yeah old. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if this makes you feel any better, we asked a similar question to Boris Vallejo, who's yes. been painting for what fifty five years. Yeah, <laughs> and he said that every painting he starts, he he doesn't. He says to himself, he doesn't know if he can paint. <laughs> yeah, he really? hopes that this isn't the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm thinking that that feeling doesn't go away. <laughs> No, unfortunately not. <laughs> Definitely, but, but I, uh, I, I still I still have hope that I will eventually <clears throat> um, learn to paint. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not. It's not. <laughs> no, I, I I learned to paint, but you just have to make sure that you don't forget it. That's the that's the question that you don't forget it. You have to keep on practicing and, uh, yeah keep on believing in yourself and your your ability or your your you know things you learned and uh, knowledge which you collected along the way and uh, just uh, you know keep on doing and every day actually i'm wrestling with with that uh, perhaps you think i'm very insecure now uh, but <laughs> i'm not i'm not i i doubt you know because i'm uh, you know, uh, I expect often too much from from myself, and when you expect too much from yourself, you you know you really have to push yourself every day uh, and try to 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 bring the best of you to the surface every day, and it ca- can be exhausting. Well, I know. I I'm sorry. Go ahead. That that's that's actually, I think. Uh, the main problem. If I could convince myself that I don't have to make a masterpiece from every painting I do, then I will have probably much more, you know, pleasant uh, uh, life, and my working days would be uh, less uh, tiring. And I have to admit that is hard to do. I mean, Aaron and I are in very somewhat similar situations that we yeah. we we were we started off um, a little later than a number of people in yeah. in getting into the art field. Uh, I just myself started painting in my thirties, so but I I also have that same feeling of everything that I I start needs to be the best thing that I've ever done. Uh, yeah. And sometimes it's hard to get that kind of thought process out of your head. Just be willing to just work on what you're working on and let it fail if it fails and embrace it if it doesn't. <laughs> That's right. I've had my friends already tell me, just you're not always going to have a winner, so don't worry about it. After I've you know, shown some paintings or, or drawings and yeah. wanting them to be awesome 
and having a friend go, nah, it's not that good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You'll have a better uh, one later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, I don't speak often English. I write English. I read in English, you know, but I don't speak often. This is the second time since Eluxcon. So, uh, while I have two things which I have to do at the same time, I have to I mean, I have to say it in English, and I have to also, um, how do you call it? Um, You're translating. No, I'm not translating because I'm thinking in English. But my thoughts, actually, yes, yes, there is somewhere a translator who has to translate my thoughts into English. So I have to translate my thoughts into English, and I have to make sure that I speak so that you can understand me and... I mean, I don't want to embarrass you and myself by <laughs> <laughs> making too many uh, gr- grammar mistakes and talking nonsense. So sometimes you will probably notice that I sp- I will speak English with 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 and uh, you know, not so not so easy, and sometimes I will have to search for words and so. Uh, okay, actually, okay. we do the same thing. Can you imagine us trying to speak Serbian? Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, It's a very complicated language, really, very complicated. Um, I am already, I find myself uh, in the situation when I can do whatever I want to do. Actually, I can paint whatever I want to paint. I don't have problems anymore with technique. You know, when I uh, put uh, my brush on the canvas or masonite board, you know, and uh, uh, the things start happening on its own, on their own. I don't have to think about that anymore. So I have practiced so much. Uh, 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 I've painted so much that it has become a kind of second nature. And uh, the process of painting is for me quite easy. The last two years, I noticed that it has become quite easy. But my expectations didn't change, you know? Right. And that's the problem. It's not... Uh, the technique of painting is not a problem. It, it, it is quite, you know... Recently, I spoke to, to, to somebody and uh, uh, I said that, uh, once again, for the last two years, it is... When I'm painting, it is... It feels so easy that, and I uh, achieve my goals very, very easy, very quick. That I started to, uh, you know, to to worry about that perhaps because I uh, achieve my goals quite easy and quite quick, that my paintings will become shallow. Yes, I can. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah. So that's not the problem. The problem are my expectations, high expectations, you know, and that's the that's the problem. That was well. I think if you have the problem of being able to paint what it, you want to and what you need to whenever you whenever you sit down and you're able to do that, I think that's a better problem to have than. That's Not right. Being able to. <laughs> that's, that's right. I, I, I've been wrestling with that second problem, huh? with, uh, more uh, incon- that bigger problem. I've been uh, wrestling for the you know 
15 years, let's say, 20 years, perhaps. So I, I know all about that. Well, since you mentioned it, I, I think that might actually be a better segue since you were talking about, you know, your your process and being able to, you know, to work on your paintings and get things done in, in the way you want to. Can you talk about your process a little bit, you know, from, from your sketch phase and preliminaries um, and how that really affects your final product and yeah. just a little bit about your process. Okay. Uh, as you probably know, uh, I have, uh, I wrote about this uh, a few times on my blog. Uh, actually, I always start with making a rough drawing of an idea. Sometimes it takes, you know, time until I get the feeling that I, uh, you know, that uh, that I have s- drew a scene of a composition which pleases me. The second stage is uh, making a more developed sketch, something like a preliminary sketch, not yet the pre- preliminary drawing. And when the preliminary sketch, or detailed sketch, sorry, is finished and I'm satisfied with, I then search for the models, uh, for the props, references of all kinds. And after having uh, uh, the photo session done uh, and after I get all the reference materials, uh, then I start with with the help of um, sketches and the reference material I start making the final preliminary drawing, which is often quite detailed. I can actually say I've seen your detailed final sketches, and I've yeah. seen I've seen your non-referenced uh, sketches, and yeah. my final referenced detailed sketches couldn't stand up to your unreferenced <laughs> initial sketches, <laughs> Mark. Uh, Mark, I, I've been, uh, you know, I started my career as a comic artist. And if you are a comic artist, you have to learn to draw from, you know, out of your head. So uh, that's the reason, probably. Yeah, I think being able to have a good combination of being able to draw from your imagination yeah. as well as being able to draw what you see is, as well as being able to compose all those things are definitely where everyone wants to be. And I know a lot of us struggle to get there, but it uh, seems like you've got it pretty well hashed out. Yeah, once again, uh, I've been uh, doing comics for more than 10 years. So, uh, you know, comic artists, good, good comic artists are uh, one of the best, you know, draftsmen, uh, uh, which you can uh, find in in the illustration field. So these guys are really equipped with uh, tremendous abilities to draw uh, from imagination. And uh, um, I admire them very, very much. So because I was one of them at the beginning of my career, I tried to learn to draw out of my imagination as good as possible. Of course, 
uh, you have to there is a there is a way you know you have to learn to draw and how you learn to draw you have to uh, uh, you have to see things you know nobody is uh, has been born uh, with uh, knowledge you know we have to collect the, the this knowledge along the way so we have to see things we have to observe we have to copy things uh, uh, you know then we we try to make our own drawings uh, then very soon we realize that we are not quite satisfied with our drawings so we go back to the drawings of our idols you know teachers uh, we analyze them. We try to integrate their uh, knowledge, you know, to make it ours. And then, uh, then we go back to, to to our own uh, drawing table, and we keep on drawing and keep on watching, keep on learning, keep on observing. And bit by bit, you know, uh, year after year, you develop your ability to draw uh, from imagination. And that's what you have to do. Actually, that's what you had to do before the computer was invented, you know. Because these days you don't have to draw, you know, everything out your, of your imagination. You, you, do have a, you do have a larger mass of images to, to work from these days. That, that's right. I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, comic, uh, comics uh, uh, which were done digitally. And you see on the basis of the drawing, you know, that those these people use a lot photos, you know, you use the images from from Internet. You a lot of things are happening, not straight, you know, out of your head, through your hand and your pencil. But there are other mediums in this case, uh, uh uh, a, a computer and and all these softwares and Photoshop and all the, uh, the the vast amount of images on the web, you know, it's all these things are on your disposal. I mean, I'm not good in computer uh, in computers. I, I I'm using Photoshop just a little bit just to prepare references, just to correct, uh, do some corrections when I have to do some corrections after the painting is finished, you know, and I don't want to repaint the actual painting, then I might, you know, do some changes in Photoshop. But it's it's really, it's it's ba it's, it's less than basic. Uh, but I observe things. I talk to the colleagues uh, who uh, use computer technology to generate art, uh, to create art. And uh, I see often... Uh, that there is a, a, a difference between the quality of the digital image images and uh, images of the same artists which were done uh, uh, in, in uh, classical techniques. The second one, images which are done uh, uh, in, in uh, classic techniques are just not mature enough right you are younger than than me can you explain me of tell me why what do you think uh, why why this happens or or do you share my opinion aaron do you want to take that one or or start well i i've seen i see differences in and the things that i paint digitally and the things that i paint 
with a brush, of course. Um, and there, it, it's. I think different things are. I'm thinking about different things when I'm in Photoshop as opposed to in the studio. I, I have. I have a problem solving is tenfold when it's the panel and my brushes. Yeah. And the problems. Uh, you're not. You don't have to think about how am I going to apply this stroke to to have it give me the look I want. I, I think I was looking over one of your blog posts about your the paper towel where you just you know the yeah. the the layers of paint weren't working the palette knife and it's like all right well how about this paper you know all those things they they are so important in in picture making and. I, I think they're a lot of fun, but they're no longer an issue when it's digital. Of course, you can get down to making different brushes, but um, that that depth is is gone. Yeah, but do you do you think, Aaron, that uh, it is generally speaking easier to uh, produce uh, art digitally than? With physical brush, it's faster to some extent. Though it, it depends on the um, the person using the computer, like yourself. If you haven't really used a computer all that often, it's it's never going to save time. Um, it, it'll just be more frustrating because you'll want to do it with a brush. You know how you can. You know that if you had your brush and paint. You could do certain things and it'll just be done, as opposed to working in Photoshop and you're like, I'm not really sure how to get that look. Um, and the fact is, it usually looks better in paint anyway. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there is one 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 thing uh, I really would like to know when it comes to uh, considering the the uh, digital image making. Uh, that delete button is a <laughs> crucial crucial thing. Uh, I don't have delete button when I paint, no, so we scrape, uh, it out. <laughs> uh, scrape it out. But it's it's not not always the solution. I mean, I don't like to scrape it off, off the paint from from the from the canvas. Uh, but sometimes you have to do that. But most of the time, you have to solve the problem by. Uh, uh, other means, for instance, if I uh, put a first layer of color and it is a little bit dry and I want to go on and finish it off, I have to know exactly, actually, how thin the second layer of paint must be, how many, you know, how many medium I would have to use, what uh, value that layer will have which kind of color, uh, you know, uh, all these kind of things have to be concentrated in that, in my case, uh, uh, one or several brush strokes which make the, the second layer. So you don't have too much space to uh, for mistakes because it is very easy to muddy you know, to make the the painting surface muddy, to uh, to spoil the color, to take out the light from the color, 
or transparency. It's, you know, all these things you can do with one click and start again. <laughs> Is that right? That's right. So, uh, yeah, I, tr I just try to sketch the problem and the differences, you know. Uh, I like to, I mean, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I am fascinated by computer. The fact that I don't use it is just a question of personal preferences. You know, I prefer to paint with a physical brush and to make my fingers dirty, you know, with physical oil paint. I just need that direct contact with the brush, with the, with the canvas, and with the, with the materials. Uh, I, I'm a, a bit old-fashioned, but... Uh, I'm fascinated by the computer technology. And if I would have more spare time, I would study, you know, I want to, I, I would like to, to be able to read books to understand how it works. You know, I'm really fascinated. Uh, but I try, uh, uh, I try, although I don't have uh, uh, enough knowledge uh, of, of computer technology or uh, uh, computer uh, uh, digital uh, art uh, I try to compare and uh, uh, it seems to me that that uh, when you when you work in in digitally you know you have a, a whole set of problems which is quite different from the set of problems you have when you paint with brush physical brush uh, I would definitely agree with that statement. Yeah. And when, uh, in, in, in certain sense, when you compare these two sets of problems, they are, in, uh, you know, on one level, quite the same. On the other level, they are ideologically different. And uh, why they are different? Because when you, if, if, you want, if you want to... Uh, how do you call it? You want to go to gym, you know, to the gym, and you 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 work with uh, how do you call these heavy things? They the I don't know. <laughs> 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 no. well, um, now you, you you know you want you want to you want to shape your body, you know, you want to you want to have a nice uh, six pack, uh, you know, and these kind of things. You want to become strong. You have to work with weight. You know, you have to. Um, how do you call it? Help me, guys. Lift weights? Well, it's weight lift weights. Lift yeah. weights. You have to lift, lift weights. Yeah. So, if you want to become strong and you want to have a beautiful body and you lift only five kilo a day, it will take you very long time, you know, until you become a bodybuilder. But if you, if you, if you, if you lift 105 kilo per day, you know... <laughs> Well, I know what you're, you're trying to say. You, you if you never challenge you yourself, if you don't increase the weight, if you don't challenge yourself, at some point right. you will even out to the point where you know you're not actually doing, you're not gaining anymore. There's no more skill being gained at, at the five kilos. That's right. If it becomes too easy, right. uh, your muscles just don't develop. You know, uh, as good as they will develop if you lift 105 kilos. Right. Uh, 
that uh, I believe that things we achieve, uh, that we can uh, measure those things by how many, uh, you know, effort we invested in achieving these goals. That's the right way to to, to see attain your goal. That's right. To I mean, yes, and and also to 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 uh, how do you call it? Uh, to see to realize how far you have come and what have you achieved. That's why I never throw away my old sketchbooks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, Mark. I guess you. I mean, you can also sketch with digital pencil. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and stroke with your digital pencil or stroke with your physical pencil is, in, you know, generally the same. Uh, the feeling is different, probably. I don't know. You know it better. Yeah, the results uh, are different. But if you if you make a mistake, you have you can delete it. But I I, I must not make you know too often mistake because when I make too often mistake while uh, drawing, my paper will become, uh, uh, um, you know, not good enough anymore. So I have to turn the page and start start again and and leave the half of the of of the drawing which is which was uh, which was good. Just leave it. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The material, the materials which we, physical material which we use, they have, uh, you know, you can stretch them to a certain, to a certain limit, but not further. And if you have a possibility of, of stretching that uh, until the doomsday, then it is, uh, it is quite different. Yeah, there's quite no, different. no consequences for your actions at some point. That's right. If you are not punished, let me put it in this way. If you are not punished, <laughs> after your fifth mistake, you don't learn. You don't learn and you develop less, less uh, quick, less, uh, you know, you just don't develop as good as, as you should. It's the difference between drawing on the computer screen where you can always erase, go over the top, hit your backspace, get rid of the mark, or drawing with a pen where you put the mark down it's there permanently you you can't erase it you can't go over it's you have to make sure that that mark you are putting down on the first try is the correct mark and i don't think you build the skill as quickly like like you're saying if you're working digitally because it's so easy to not have to worry about the consequences that's exactly what i mean you're going to be doing yeah that's exactly what I wanted to go back and fix it. (laughs) So, I mean, uh, these are these are, I think, different worlds, and uh, we we should stop comparing it with each other. Just uh, you know, listen to yourself and to your uh, sensibility, and uh, you know, if you. Feel that your uh, that that you can express yourself uh, more profoundly through of the use of classic classic techniques. Then you have to you should you should uh, you know paint with the with the brush and uh, other way around. You know if you feel that that digital technology can offer you everything you want, uh, then you should stick to digital technology and just don't compare it anymore. Uh, 
I mean, I compare it still, uh, but I should stop comparing it because these are apples and, and, and oranges. Uh, especially I, would have to, I would have to agree. People, though, do compare, tend to compare them constantly. Um, do you find that you're disappointed when you find something is rendered uh, either digitally or even further where most of the rendering is actually a 3D application? Uh, you mean when I when I see the when I see it in print, right? Or, right. Um, no, I mean I'm not. I'm I'm uh, I'm not disappointed anymore. I I was disappointed perhaps ten years ago, you know. But I accept the fact that that uh, this is the way of doing things, you know. This is also the way of doing things. You do things uh, in, for instance, oil paint, and you finish it in uh, uh, in Photoshop. Uh, I, I mean, okay, why not? Um, I'm not disappointed, but I'm not doing that unless I'm forced by the, you know, uh, publisher uh, who says, you know, that 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 the dress of that girl has to be black instead of red. So change it and because right. I like what I already painted I then change it uh, 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 digitally uh, send the image and everybody's happy uh, I hear you I've, I've heard of that happening uh, with other illustrators as well and I would do it myself yeah I well, mean, do you that, in that case we are talking about uh, two different paintings uh, first of all, uh, first painting being unfinished, actually, or be, uh, it is finished, but it is a physical painting, and uh, uh, you can see it only if you go to the artist studio and see it on the on the wall, hanging right. on the wall. Exactly. Uh, and the other image is actually digital. Uh, uh, you see it in print or on the screen, and it's again a no, slightly different world. Well, I guess that brings up the question too, since we're talking about it, and that is the the digital images in most cases are being created for print to to be viewed on either a computer screen or on uh, yeah. you know printed by modern printing processes, you know, on a book inside a book, whatever. Where a a physical painting, even though it is designed and built to be viewed in person is still most of the time being used in a printed medium as a as a duplication of the original which uh, you know yeah. most duplications of paintings aren't anywhere near as beautiful to look at as as the original when you're standing in in front of it and you're having all of the optics and light affecting it so from from that standpoint the, the creation of of a physical painting with with paint and canvas or panel, you know, and all the effects and the optics that you're getting from standing in person, it, it's it's lost when it's being printed, and it's in some cases you might be able to argue that it's it's overkill of what your end product is supposed to be. Yeah, but yeah, that, yeah. but you're still I I I know I personally still 
would rather use traditional medium because I like the way it, the image looks in person. And as long as it's good enough for print, you know, you don't have that, okay, well, I've seen it in print, but now that I see it in person, it's so much grander than yeah. it was before. But I don't know that the people who are working in the digital medium really have that sense or Well, they don't have that problem. Care, it's not or an care. issue anymore. It's, it's right. no longer an issue because what they see on screen is what you're going to get pretty much. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. They probably, if they didn't paint with, you know, physical paint, they just don't, they have no reference. They, they, they don't know what they can expect. They don't know what they, let's say, miss. Uh, so they cannot compare it. It's just, it is all about digital image or image on the screen or uh, printing, you know. Right. As far as the industry goes, it doesn't really matter to them. The end result is no. an illustration that is being used. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why. That's why I'm not. Uh, I'm afraid I'm not the very good example of a contemporary <laughs> illustrator, because I uh, actually almost never think about the final result results in terms of uh, you know how my painting will look like on, on on the screen or in print. I never think in this way. I just make a painting as good as as possible, uh, and I hope that it will turn, you know, that it will be, it will look good when it is published. Uh, for me, uh, the beginning and the end of the whole process is a physical painting. And once again, I think we are talking about two different worlds, a three-dimensional world and a virtual world, world of, you know, two-dimensional world of a book. Uh, or uh, digital world, you know, virtual world. Uh, and uh, I noticed that although I like to be, you know, in contact with that digital world and occasionally, regularly, I would, you know, I, I like to see what, what people are doing. Uh, and I'm to a certain degree also uh, influenced by... Uh, the, the the big uh, change which uh, was you know made possible by the introduction of digital image it influences my 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 work and my images also uh, but you know I like I prefer physic uh, physical painting three dimensional perhaps because I'm you know, old-fashioned. I was born and raised when there was no computer around. Uh, and I just, you know, I got used to see and do other things. And uh, that's how I uh, created my objectives. Not, you, yeah? You also paint and, and draw... Um, Inspiration from old master paintings, paintings you've gone to museums and and yeah. seen, um, and 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 those individuals who created those works, you, you know, painted in a in a certain way in in, a, in with, with certain processes, and I I don't think that I, I think that 
trying to follow some of those processes as as a means to being able to create images like the ones that you see that are in, inspiring to you uh, would lend itself to being a traditional painter as you are and you know really enjoying that means of creating an image where you know, a lot of younger artists who are digital artists the a lot of the images that are inspiring them are other digital artists. That's right. Whereas I, I know myself in my own schooling, yeah. I was, I, I was more inspired by, you know, Sargent and and the Free Raphaelites and and Rembrandt and and all of those individuals, and that was my my first exposure to, you know, to, to beautiful art. Um, you know, in addition to comic books and things that I had, you know, enjoyed and read as a, as yes. a younger individual, but um, but it's those paintings that I was able to see in the in the galleries and in the museums that really made me want to create work like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually that uh, brings uh, thoughts to my mind. Uh, about uh, the fact that we are on the on the on the edge of of, of a new new times, computer technology uh, has made uh, an, an, an trend, tremendous impact on how the world functions and looks like at the moment. And this new world is becoming more and more different than the previous world. You know, from the previous times, from the from the times I was born and raised in. I, mean, I know there is a difference between how people, you know, interact from different cultures. There's a difference in the amount of information that people have available to them. There's how how do you, what types of differences are you considering are are world changing? Um, um, for instance, uh, we are communicating a lot, much more than twenty, thirty years ago. Because of internet, uh, at the moment because of Skype, so there is much uh, uh, communication going on in the world. But this communication doesn't necessarily implies that we see each other, that we can touch each other, that we can read each other's movements and the twinkling in each other's eyes. You know all these things which were uh, uh, unavoidable. Every time when people communicated with each other, uh, you know, we don't have to see each other. I mean, I don't see, I don't see you. I, I see, I see only your, your mark. I have a, a small window in front of me, and I see your uh, piece of your painting, that that uh, Greek warrior. <laughs> that's, yes, that's, that's me. Only, only, yeah, that, that's the <laughs> only thing in connection with you that I see at the moment. You understand what I mean? So we talk, we communicate, but we don't see each other. Uh, uh, so that 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 the, the before the, the the computer and also before the telephone was introduced, you know, people were communicating only when they saw each other, could see each other. And uh, there is, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a kind of tendency which was made possible by computer technology and internet. There is much communication, but that communication is, generally speaking, qu 
quite shallow. Uh, once again, we cannot see each other, we cannot touch each other. This principle of uh, introducing more, m more, uh, uh, in more intensive uh, communication, but more shallow at the same time, you can see on in many different aspects of modern life. In art, in commercial art, illustration art, you don't have to go to the gallery to see the original painting. You can you can see everything on your screen or in 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 print. Um, so I don't know whether I'm no, I, I clear enough. Yeah, you're. We we live in a Twitter world. <laughs> yeah, your concerns are uh, they're not new. I, I've heard them. Um, no, of course, about of course. Other, other of course. situations. Aaron, I just wanted somehow to connect that to, uh, you know, this art world, I mean, the illustration world, uh, and uh, those young generations who are, you know, probably not thinking, I don't need to see you uh, in order to communicate with you. I just don't need to see you. Right. It's enough to hear your voice or to, to be able to read your message. But I don't have to see you. Uh, so I don't have to see the original painting. I don't have to touch the oh, structural painting. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I like that. You see, uh, 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 it, in, in, in a certain way, unavoidable way, things are getting more shallow. Uh, they are having less juice they are having no ta uh, no 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 smell you know uh, they are getting cleaner because we don't have to touch each other to see each other to smell each other and still be able to communicate right. but in that touching seeing smelling you know is the point of 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 our life of our communication and if you take off that part of the essential part of the communication, you know, probably you you will get uh, the world. You will create the world which was so beautifully suggested in uh, uh, in that uh, 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 motion picture or, or, or uh, the uh, digital animated movie, Wall E. Right. Did I, did you see the movie? Was it was it I did. Disney yeah. and Pixar? I think yes. right. when when those fat people living in in that spaceship, you know, not communicating with each other, only through their screens and computers, you know, and you remember probably yep. the scene when when suddenly one of these fat people rediscovers. The 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 uh, you know the old-fashioned way of communicating—they don't see each other. I mean, they didn't see each other, and then he actually <laughs> discovered that there is another body beside him, and there is also a more profound way of communication. So, if 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 uh, if we project this principle on art, you see actually that everything is getting uh, somehow. Uh, more shallow, I would say, in some way. But once again, people who did not experience the times when the things were, let's say, 
less shallow in certain way will not miss that they didn't know they will not know that how it feels so they will not miss it no but inversely in 300 years we'll see a peter maselja painting in the uh galleries when they go to look and a lot of this digital art will be in non-existence <laughs> no I, I i i'm afraid it will be other way around I, I don't. I don't know because there are, you know, the the, the stuff that has lasted, the you know, antiquities, the the painters from 500 years ago, is still some of the things that that generate awe and generate, you know, interest for thousands of people to go, you know, come from yeah. around the world to go to the Metropolitan Museum in in New York or you know the museums of Prague or or wherever yeah. the, the Louvre. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's ever going to stop. I just exactly. I, I wanted actually to make a, a small joke. The atmosphere will be so polluted that all these physical things, like old canvases, will deteriorate. You know, and in order to preserve them, people will put them somewhere under the ground and make a holograms of them. Of the <laughs> and they will project holograms, so you will not see the original thing. But you will see the hologram. But it will be so, so such a perfect hologram that you will not be able to see the difference between the, the actual three-dimensional, uh, you know, uh, painting and a, and, and a projected hologram painting. That actually, that actually brings up an interesting thing. Are you, are, 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 I'm sorry, but are either of you aware of what Google has done with the uh, different galleries across the world in their, yes. their virtual tours? Right. Yes, I've seen that, yeah. It's basically what you're talking about. You can get online yeah. and you can and virtually walk people. through the gallery. Mark, Mark, that, that's, that's a good point. That, that's a good example of what I'm uh, trying to say uh, in English. Uh, that a lot of people will, after seeing those beautiful pictures, three-dimensional pictures of, 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 of Louvre or Rijksmuseum from Amsterdam, will see everything from very close distance, they will not have any, you know, wish to go there to that museum. A lot of people will. Not. I mean, we are buying more and more stuff through uh, the web web shops. Who is who is going? Less and less people are going to the actual, you know, uh, shops. Uh, uh, the old-fashioned shops are just disappearing. That's the same principle. Yep. So, eventually. Those museums would have to change the concept, otherwise they will uh, disappear. I understand. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking from my own experience where I, I have, I've got about four or five Waterhouse books, but I still went up to Montreal to see the originals. So, but I you are an artist. <laughs> you are an artist, Aaron. I know, I but I wasn't the only you. one there. There was a lot of people there. Um, yeah. So I still think that there's a lot of people that they want. That's what they want. They want the real thing. But to push it further, do they want to say that they saw the, a waterhouse, or do they want to see, you know, paintings that they'll never get to see again? You know, to yeah. take for instance, what what would would someone know the difference if they just had a uh, uh, an artist re recreate them if to say the painting was too valuable to have on display just you know Aaron, I think we, 
Aaron, I think we are not a good, good, good example uh, uh, for this conversation because actually we are talking about the time when we are, you know, after us, when we are gone, when we are not anymore on this earth. We are talking about the generations who are now children, you know, or will be born within a decade or two. Oh, they'll have the uh, digital wing to the new museums for the digital art. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, why, why, yeah, why, why you should have a, a museum for digital art when I mean, which kind of museum actually? The digital art needs a digital world, a virtual world, to be uh, exhibited. That's right. <laughs> you don't so, even have to see, show up to see it. <laughs> digital art doesn't. Digital art already doesn't need an old-fashioned, you know, conventional museum. No, not at all. No, but the screen, every computer screen, is a, is a museum of digital art and gallery. Oh, uh, guys, I'm I'm afraid <laughs> we are talking about things which. Which, we can't uh, control. <laughs> no, we can't control, actually. But, uh, I'm, Mark, I have gotten a whole list of questions from you. <laughs> we're we off topic. Covered, <laughs> until now, we have covered, I think, a half of one question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's okay. That's fine. Um, we, we've talked about some really interesting things, but uh, I, I know we are going to start running out of time. So let's, let's finish up with uh, just a couple easy questions. Yeah. And that would be, um, you know, since you have worked in so many different fields, you've done comic work, you've done gallery work, you've done illustrative uh, book covers and, and all that type of things. Do, do you have a, a dream job, a dream commission? You know, what would you like to do if, if someone could drop it in your lap? What, what, what would be your dream job? Uh, I would like to, to make my own books. To write my books and to illustrate my own books, and uh, actually I have uh, several projects which I am busy with at the moment, uh, but I don't have enough time, uh, or I don't have enough money to have enough time to do them. So I have to do it in my spare time, and between the projects which I do for you know commercial projects which I do for money. Uh, beside that, I also would like to illustrate a book of folk tales, a selection of folk tales from different countries. And there is also another book project which I hope to be able to do it in in, in future. Uh, And that is uh, the illustrations for Rip von Winkle book from Washington Irving. Okay. And also The Wind in the Willows. Oh, I love that story. I read that book when I was 10 years old. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm afraid in order to, to be able to do, to do all this project, I will have to find a, a rich person who will pay me, you know, uh, enough money so that I can uh, work, for instance, five years on one book. Because having on, in mind my way of working, I will have you know, I will need much time and much money to, uh, you know, to do it. Well, so in, this will, yeah. With Sorry. your experience with uh, the Steel Bashaw, do you feel that that you have a portfolio 
showing your experience with, you know, here's, I'm illustrating uh, some folktales, almost to an investor. You've already produced the the proof that, you know, you can deliver what your, your, your idea. Yeah. Um, so uh, is that something that you're able to use? As Unfortunately, it doesn't work. It doesn't? In my case, it doesn't work. Uh, you will be probably surprised when I tell you that I was searching for a publisher for two years for a Steel Show book. Nobody wanted it to, to publish. I published the uh, Serbian edition at the end of 2008, and the U.S. edition was published about two years later. And in the meantime, I have offered this book project to many, many publishers from all around the world. Nobody wanted to publish it. Most of them, uh, about half of them never answered. The other half uh, uh, said that, uh, uh, you know, the times are not that good, uh, economic crisis, uh, the publishers uh, have to be more cautious, you know, uh, they cannot publish everything. Uh, and uh, above all, they just couldn't, they were not able to place this book within the, on the shelves uh, uh, in, the, in, in the bookstores, because it is, it is a, a, a picture book, but it is also a kind of art book. It is for children, but it is also for adults. You know, it is illustration, but it is also art, a uh, painting. So they were confused, and uh, yeah, that's why they refused. Well, and I can I can tell you that um, I know in the American book market, and I just experienced this recently um, because I, I work for a book publisher. Yeah, the there are a very small number of people in the United States who make the decision as to what books are going to be published. Yeah, and that's right, unfortunately. Uh, there is another thing which I recently, you know, uh, encountered in connection with my Stilbo Show book. Uh, after uh, Flask Publications published the U.S. edition of the book, uh, actually, the first few months, uh, the book was not selling good. People were, uh, you know, a lot of people were impressed by the book, but they, they, they still didn't buy. Why? Because I was unknown. They, uh, 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 they were buying actually books which were good, but not spectacular, only because the guys who did them were known artists. So, that's also a kind of uh, thing which we uh, bookmakers, illustrators have to uh, pay attention to. People like to play safe, if I can say so. Right. Uh, and if you are not uh, something which, he, which, which, you know, a buyer can... Uh, show to a friend or a colleague and be proud of because he has a, he bought a book of a very known artist so he is something uh, and if you happen if you are not that known artist or not yet uh, 
they will not buy your book. So, so we all need we all need to find the Medici's of the world. Yeah. That, that, no, that, that's true. That's true. That's true. And actually, actually, that was the answer to uh, to that question about my ideal, you know, dream project of dream commission. I need a mecena, you know, and uh, a Medici who will, uh, 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 you know, sponsor my my art. If if you find him, can you toss him my way too? <laughs> what, what if I find him? I will keep him for myself. Yes, of course. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're gonna. Um, finish up with this last question, uh, Peter, and it's, uh, there are a, a few books that are available of your work. Um, the, the Steel Bashaw is one of them from uh, Flesk Publications. There is another book of your drawings yeah. that I've personally looked to try to purchase, and yes? they won't ship it to the United States. <laughs> Why? What, what they tell you? What did well, they tell you? I tried, to, I, I tried to order through their website, and when, when it they ask you the question of where you know the order is coming from, and yeah. the United States is not an option for them. <laughs> but did you did you did you have to learn Dutch first in order to fill in the form to um, order the book? I, I was because making, everything is in Dutch. It, it is in Dutch. I, I was making some guesses, and I was <laughs> babblefish. So. <laughs> oh, that's great! But, so, but I, I struggled when they wouldn't let me order it since i was from the united states so but did you where, did you call to, did you call them on the line on the telephone? i don't speak dutch either <laughs> no but they, i mean they, they speak english everybody, okay you remember everybody uh, in in the netherlands oh, speaks english that that's right so I, I guess that's what i'm gonna have to i guess that's the answer to the question so if if anyone wants your book of sketches you have to call the oh, netherlands no, uh, there is there is there is an answer which is not not a pleasant one. Uh, there is a problem with with that publisher. Uh, I have heard uh, often uh, things which I just heard from you. People from, especially from the United States, not being able to order the book because of various reasons. Uh, and I, unfortunately, I still didn't find time to get in contact with the publisher and to ask them what is the reason and what we can do whether we can do something at all to solve this problem. But I'm afraid that it will not be easy with this Dutch publisher and uh, this Dutch uh, sketchbook of mine. Um, The the, the book itself, from what I've seen of the, you know, the inside pages that they, they show online, it's, it's a beautiful book. I would, I would be, honestly, I would be surprised if there wasn't, an American publisher who would be willing to to pick up something like that? No, no. I, I was, you know, ten years ago. I thought, oh yeah, yeah. I just have to make enough good paintings, and there I come, America. You know, everybody will want to publish my things, and blah blah blah. It's not the the, the reality. Uh, maybe is perhaps is my timing not so good, but uh we are still experiencing that economic crisis a global crisis of 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 different kinds you know uh it's not the best time for this kind of art actually well there's actually uh, a resurgence of fairy tales coming in the last 6 months and and from what i've been reading in coming in the next year with you know the red riding hood movie that was just out there's um a number of other um uh, 
type of fairy tale type of television shows and different things, it, it may be the right time for you <laughs> to try again. It it I will certainly try. You know, I uh, I still have to find some time. The time is the biggest problem, um, uh, and I will uh, start sending out uh, the U.S. edition of the book to again to different publishers all over the world. So we'll see how they will react now, uh, because what I uh, what I was sending uh, to those publishers two years ago was the Serbian edition and it is a huge book I don't know whether you saw it Mark or uh, Aaron did, did uh, you see it? I haven't the seen the original that, just, uh, no. just online it would be great to have, the, it's, it's, have it's, it. it's, it's a huge book you know and, I, and it is in Serbian a Cyrillic letters nobody can read it I you don't know? care I'm looking at pictures <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe I, you know when I sell when I sell a copy of Serbian edition of Steel Bushow, I also deliver a translation in English but I'm I mean I'm talking about the publishers when they get such a huge book you know uh, they uh, and it is in Serbian they, they they probably have to do their best to to envision you know how such a book can be scaled to a smaller size and uh, you know printed in their language I mean I don't know Anyway, I hope it, it will be more easier uh, uh, with with this uh, U.S. edition. We'll see. Well, we will uh, we will post the link on the the website for the blog to to get to the book. And if anyone wants to try to get it from the Netherlands, <laughs> no, Mark, I would I would, I would ask too. you just to to say to people to just you know. Call that publisher, you know, and try to try to try to ask them to, you know, to sell you the book. Uh, but also, the now now I I, uh, I remember there are also a number of comic bookshops here in the Netherlands who are also selling the same book. So perhaps it is more easy to uh, to order the book through these comic shops than uh, 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 at the publisher yeah, that's yeah, another possibility okay. but anyway I will I promise now officially within a few weeks I will get in contact with the publisher and try to solve that problem somehow and if I cannot solve the problem for you guys from America I will uh, buy a certain number of books and sell it through my website so uh, uh, sooner or later I will be posting uh, new information about this on my blog. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Look at us making work for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Mark, I, 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 I feel bad about not answering to, uh, to, to the questions, especially the first question you uh, uh, asked me about the technique. Do, I, do we have still time so that I can finish? Sure. Okay. Yeah? Sure. Okay. Uh, I was <clears throat> I was talking about the preliminary drawing. Yeah, uh, you remember? Yes, uh, I think that my question was going to be: you you have such detailed drawings, and yeah. you mentioned how you've tried to loosen your style up um, so that your your yeah. brushstrokes are are more energetic. Uh, yeah. But a lot of times I've seen that you know such tight drawings do not lend themselves to looser painterly painting of the drawing. So how were you able? How do you translate from such 
really tight rendered drawings to such loose, energetic brushwork. Yeah, the purpose of that uh, detailed preliminary drawing is to solve the certain problems of value, of form, of composition, of design, all these things which you have to solve before you start painting. Why? Because when you start painting, you want to be, you know, busy with solving problems connected to paint, to painting, uh, not to drawing and composition. You can do all these things at the same time, but then it becomes, you know, the process becomes too complicated and complex and too heavy. Uh, so what I try to do is to solve all these basic problems on the level of a detailed preliminary drawing. When the drawing is finished, I most of the time uh, enlarge it by photocopy, uh, then copy it on the canvas or wooden board. Uh, that preliminary drawing is always, uh, you know, uh, beside my easel so that I can see it all the time. This is a, 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 one of the most important references which I have while painting. Uh, beside that, I, uh, no, after, after I transfer the, the drawing onto the canvas, I do a underpainting, um, um, monochrome underpainting. Uh, and you, you do that in oil, correct? I do that in oil, yes, in oil. Okay. Yeah. Uh, years ago, I, I used to do that in acrylics, but, you know, it doesn't feel right. I mean, I like to do everything from, you know, from start to finish in oils, in, in, in one medium, the same thing, you know, that I can connect with and uh, know to what I can expect from every stage of the process. Uh, so when the underpainting is dry, then uh, I made a f make a photo of the underpainting in case that I later on during the process of painting make some mistakes, lose the form, for instance, then I can go back to that photo and the drawing and, you know, reverse uh, and correct the, the mistake. So... Once again, the purpose of that drawing is, detailed drawing, is to give me all the necessary details and information which I need uh, to, to, to pay attention to in order to be able to, to paint freely. Because through making of all these sketches and making of that detailed drawing and later on making of the, uh, of the, of the underpainting, I let me say, download all, I absorb all these information. It is within me, it is also outside of me, and then this uh, enables me to, uh, you know, to start painting freely with, you know, uh, big brushes and brush strokes and all these things. Do you have a process where you like to do figures first? Do you like to do the backgrounds first in order to try to get certain things out of the way that aren't as important to you? Or yeah, you know, I, I should I should uh, um, start actually with the most important part of the composition, but I mostly don't do that. Uh, 
and I, I'm, uh, you know, I need a bit more discipline. Um, I just do first things which are most interesting at that moment. So, for instance, when I uh, uh, I start uh, with a composition that uh, has a big tree, you know, huge tree, and I like the tree, I'm inspired by the tree, I know more or less exactly which kind of color and tone uh, value I should, uh, uh, you know, work with, and uh, with the... If I feel the inspiration, you know, I know it will be good. So, and I, if I'm inspired to, to start with that tree, I will start with that tree and I will paint first the tree. It's not something which you, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I shouldn't advise you to do the same. Uh, Sounds like you just did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I realized that. I realized that. But you should forget that. Forget the last last five five minutes of my talk. <laughs> no, the the point is that you know all of us are different, and 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 there are uh, general rules, you know, and guidelines which should actually help us to find our own uh, way of working and approaching painting. Uh, and uh, in my case, it is. Uh, it has been, uh, you know, uh, proven that when I start painting with a lot of inspiration inside, you know, I really feel uh, often when I start a, paint, a new painting, I feel so uh, excited and so full of inspiration that uh, 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 that helps me to perform uh, properly and uh, I mean that's important for me more important than to be disciplined and to start with the you know most important part of the composition if it is a figure then it is a figure or a face and you have to define you know the uh, the, 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 the value and the color you know first on that part of the painting I Usually, don't do that because something else, uh, something else attracts my attention. Right. No, I've I've been there before, and I feel the same way that if if one part of the painting is calling to me, that I'm just going to go with it, and then everything else will just flow, and I'll get to that important thing later. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But did you did you do you in this kind of situation, do you find yourself in troubles when you have to put the whole painting together? I'm always in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed that there's a painting that comes out the other end of my experience. <laughs> um, I'm also always in trouble, and one of the main reasons for my troubles is this uh, way of working, so don't do that at home, people. <laughs> Unless it feels natural and and you are inspired, when you have when you are inspired, you just have to go for it. And well, knowing that I'm going to, I, I may have a problem or not. Anyway, uh, if something is making me excited to paint, then I'm just going to go with it. That's right. That's why I start a lot of paintings. 
you start. Uh, I start a lot of paintings. <laughs> and you don't finish them. Yeah, I got to get better at that. <laughs> In finishing the paintings. In finishing the paintings, because I get so excited about the beginning steps. Uh, you can always finish it in Photoshop. <laughs> no. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I could. I'm going to choose not to. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. I have to say quickly, I w- learned something really interesting about applying brush strokes from your bro- blog recently. That I It's, it's something I haven't heard before. And, and correct me, Aaron, if you do this already, but uh, yeah. I was actually – really interested in in how you were mentioning about not fully mixing your paints on your palette yeah so that there is still a slight separation yeah. in the yeah, color yeah. so yeah. that when you apply the brush stroke yeah that your your brain actually combines the colors as opposed to them being that's combined. right that's, that's right not something i typically do did you try it already um, I well, I just read that yesterday. I think, <laughs> <laughs> and still didn't try. Of course not. No, it's. <laughs> I was busy doing Photoshop work between then and now. But uh, <laughs> but no, that is that is something that I'm definitely going to try um, on the painting that I'm working on now, and um, I, I'm curious to see how that is going to affect the look of my work. Uh, yeah. I'm very curious about your. Uh, about your experience with this uh, little trick. Is that something you've heard or, or you do, Aaron? No, actually, no. I, uh, did you want to say something, Aaron? I, I've heard of it. Um, I think I, if I do it, I just do it naturally. Yeah. You know, th- there's paints all over the canvas that are half-mixed, and I'm always... I'll take a color I've mixed, and I'll put my brush through some other color next to it that I didn't plan yeah. on I just do it so yeah yeah I think I think that a lot of uh, painters do that uh, also unconsciously it's it's you know something which you eventually start doing uh, you, f- you you come to that point that you realize that this is the way to solve certain pl- problems and to achieve certain goals. But in my case, it was uh, I was you know being busy with this process, and a few years ago, I think I uh, uh, found a book on uh, Alla Prima painting, and. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't didn't learn to to paint alla prima from books. I saw several books and just looked at it a little bit, and you know, left it on the side. But in one of these books, I read exactly that uh, uh, when painting alla prima, you sh- you shouldn't uh, always mix the color until different colors until you get the even smooth, you know. Uh, one color, one mixture. And then I realized, actually, that I was already doing that, just like you, Aaron. Just intuitively uh, doing that. And uh, after I read that, I actually um, concentrated more, you know, consciously my attention on what I was doing and realized, actually, and understood, actually, what I was doing and why I was doing that. And that's how I... uh, Developed that, 
<coughs> that theory. <coughs> Sorry. And uh, it is if you if you if you know how to do it, and if you feel uh, you know confident about that, then you really can can uh, produce uh, very interesting uh, effects uh, in this way. Awesome, Mark. I'm I'm glad you you that uh, that there is something that people can learn from mine. Humble writings on my blog. I mean, some some concrete, you know, specific things because I have feeling that most of the people would like me to write every time about the technique, you know, and all these tricks and mixing colors and this and that. And uh, actually, I, I I refuse to write about technique too much because uh, I mean it will become clear in the in the future why I uh, uh, on purpose don't uh, put too much uh, you know uh, I don't stress too much uh, the importance of technique the technique will be developed everybody is developing its own technique because we want to to learn uh, to paint you know and we will learn it uh, there are although especially at the beginning uh, when you know, when we talk about young artists, uh, the technique seems to be the most important thing. It is very important, especially if you are that type of artist which who, who wants to learn to paint in in you know in a classic way. But there are other things which are more important, actually, and these more important things are concern itself with content. With the energy, with uh, you know, with 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 real content, the technique and things which we achieve by using our technique, that's the you know that's the hardware, that's the the shell, that's the body, and then we have to infuse that body with the spirit, and it's not all. I mean, that's not technique. We can do that also through technique. But uh, I think most of the time we have to approach this problem separately from developing the technique. And if we put too much attention on technique, we will lie. We will probably, uh, you know, um, probably damage the other part, the other other aspect of of our work, the the, the content, which is actually very. Very, very important. Well, I think those are some good words to uh, end on. I think so. <laughs> okay. Think, yeah. <laughs> this has been a long talk. <laughs> I didn't expect it. Well, you've got an awful lot of things to say, and I personally uh, enjoyed, uh, I just enjoyed started, the conversation. Guys. Uh, <laughs> I start. Oh, we can great. always schedule round two. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to, we'd love to talk good. again for sure. Good. Is there uh, uh, something like last question you want to ask me? Something you find really important? I was going to ask you what uh, you had to, uh, you know, say to any new younger artists, but you finished with that anyway. So. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I, I think I just I just said that about content versus yeah, that was perfect. Uh, technique. But perfect, so. uh, you know, maybe uh, in addition to what I already said. Uh, this is something which most of the young artists will not 
understand or will not want to understand, you know, uh, because these things are something which naturally come later on, you know, as a as as a challenge. Uh, so I also I don't like to to give. Uh, a general uh, uh, universal advice is to young artists because uh, first of all all of us are different uh, and only I, I believe that only in personal contact uh, when I'm able to see uh, the work of a certain young artist uh, then I will I'm, I'm able to uh, to you know, to give a, a, a appropriate advice to that person. I mean, there are people, young young artists, who are really, who really want to learn to paint in a classical way, and they they want to learn it very badly. You know, and uh, uh, you you can say already of I think I can say already that their wish to master the technique is so predominant. You know, that they will. Almost certainly, lack the content after ten or fifteen years, and their art will become probably shallow and mechanical looking. That's right, and uh, that's something which which actually is uh, a topic for uh, a second conversation, I, I believe. But I will just suggest you uh, this time. Uh, very generally speaking, I think this is the problem of content versus uh, uh, technique is becoming very evident now that we that a lot of uh, artists are using digital technique, a digital uh, digital means. Uh, I mean, very generally speaking, uh, that tells me that. Uh, the possibilities of digital technique are so overwhelming, so inviting, that most of young people are just using that because of the technique, uh, not so much because of they want to use that technique to say something. No, they want to perform the technique. If you understand what I mean, right? I can see that. There is. A lot of color. There is a lot of movements. There is, uh, you know, there are a lot of special effects. There is, there is a lot of glitter and glamour and light and fireworks and, you know, but when it comes to what, what you want to say, what you want to communicate. Which kind of emotion do you want to communicate? What do, what do you want to say about yourself, about art, about life? Uh, you know, that what I'm going to say is, in my opinion, slightly less important in commercial art than, for instance, 100 years ago, when N.C. Wyatt and Norma Rockwell and Dean Cornwall and uh, and all these great guys were around don't you don't you agree with me the one thing about we are we are picking one small genre that a lot of the images that you're looking at they have been requested through art directors and so the the problem that you're 
you're sort of addressing could also stem from uh, partially <laughs> from the it, it, there, there's a higher hierarchy where where these ideas are coming from so that safety you're talking about might be yeah. the the companies um wanting the work not putting themselves on out on a limb either and not taking any chances so a lot of safe work is being produced because you know they're they're trying to be just as safe in making a product that they're hoping sells that's definitely so that's definitely true yeah. Now, as I say, said, um, this is probably a uh, a good uh, subject for for the next uh, conversation. Yes, and, and we'll be happy to have that conversation. Again, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for uh, for speaking with us today, Peter. I know it, uh, you're a busy guy, and you have to take some time out of your schedule to do this. Uh, we do appreciate it. Um, we no problem, having. guys. It was it was my pleasure talking to you, and I hope that I did not disappoint you. No, not at all. Too much. <laughs> you didn't disappoint uh, too again, much. <laughs> please permit me permit me to, uh, to say another thing. Uh, um, you know, I'm old fashioned guy uh, when it comes to art. Probably when it comes to some other things in life, I'm old fashioned as well. But I'm not trying to cover that. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, to appear. Uh, I mean, you understand what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I'm just honest, and I uh, have my uh, beliefs <laughs> and my point of view, uh, and without any intention to, uh, you know, to offend somebody, I say things which I believe in and uh, if it is uh, good enough for for a conversation uh, then uh, I'm you know I'm satisfied we don't have to agree uh, but it's it is good if if things which we say can uh, stimulate a constructive and interesting uh, dialogue and that was the point of my uh, you know things which I said this evening which probably will not uh, uh, be pleasing to some ears <laughs> oh we don't care about them <laughs> <laughs> not really yeah this good. but somebody has to be a party breaker <laughs> let, let it be me this time <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Drawn Today podcast. If you'd like more information about members of the Drawn Today blog and their artwork, or if you'd like to listen to archived episodes of previous podcasts, join us at www.drawntoday.com. If you have comments on this podcast or suggestions for topics on upcoming podcasts, please drop us a line at drawntoday at gmail.com. Drawn Today is a proud member of the Visual Artist Podcast Network, you can find more information about VAPN at visualartistpodcastnetwork.com. The music for today's episode is provided by Collide. Find more information about Collide and their music at collide.net. 
See you next time.